Thank you for joining us and welcome back Beyond the Bandwagon. I am Elias. With me, as always, is someone who finds herself this week back in the win column and firmly in the playoff hunt. It's Kyla. (laughs) Hey, hey. We've got a bunch to get to as we wrap up week nine and move on to week 10 with our good and bad fantasy matchups and our game of the week. But as always, we'll start with how our teams performed this past week. Kyla, tell us about your week nine. My week nine was very lucky. I almost came in here. Have you seen, um, before I get into my recap, my have you seen Dalvin Cook when he was in his interviews and he was wearing the sunglasses and the, um, <laughs> the headphones? Honestly, no, but <laughs> I will have to look it up now. I almost came in here to do to record with you with my sunglasses and headphones on because I'm a winner <laughs> like that one cook. <laughs> um anyway, my week nine, I very narrowly pulled off a win. I did not have a great week. It wasn't terrible, but it wasn't great. I won my game by one point nine points, which is great for me, but heartbreaking yeah. for uh whoever it was I was playing. I think it was David. A win is a win. And when is a win? One more Will Lutz field goal would have put me in the losing column, though. And I thought for sure at the end of that game, they got in field goal range. The Saints did. And I was like, oh, shit. But they decided (laughs) not to run up the score and they did not kick another field goal. And that, you know, obviously worked in my favor. Yeah. Things looked bad for me pretty early on Sunday, though. My uh, running backs were not doing they weren't doing well. But luckily, both Todd Gurley and Clyde edwards Lair saved their fantasy days with touchdowns. Both reached double-digit points. Gurley finished with 13.5 points, while Clyde finished with 12.4. Again, I am very worried about Clyde. Yeah. Um, not sure that he will be any more than a flex play going forward, if that. He only got eight total touches in Week 9. So that's a huge bummer. Yeah, that's obviously a bad sign. Yeah. Especially since it was a good game. Yeah. You would think, you know, with the score the way that it was, he would have been more involved. So, yeah, yeah that is that is frightening. Yeah. Which is really bad for your uh, first pick of the draft, you know, your first round pick. Right. Again, like I said, I'm never picking a Kansas City Chiefs running back ever again <laughs> to be on my team. I don't care what their name is. Um, let's see. Oh, the other running back that I started was Chase Edmonds, and he finished with 28 total touches for 88 total yards, which amounted to 11.8 points, but that was kind of disappointing considering that he touched the ball 28 times. Yep. So maybe it's not Kenyon Drake, it's whoever's in that that position in the game, you know, because he was very inefficient as well with like 2.8 yards per carry. Yeah. And maybe the Cardinals just can't run block. You know, I I'm not watching the film per se, so I don't know, but uh, yeah, he was not efficient at all. It was a really fun game though, just from a fan standpoint. But yeah, I was (laughs) hoping that Edmonds would do a lot more than he did. Oh yeah. You have him in one of your other leagues, don't you? I do, and yeah. I managed to win in that league. <laughs> so now I am two and seven. Oh my gosh! I, that team is just—it's uh, just the worst. I'm—I'm I'm so disappointed in myself. Probably not in the playoff hunt with the two and seven, huh? No, I'll have to win out. <laughs> get to six and seven, and then maybe 
just maybe <laughs> I can get in, but we'll find out. Uh, okay. On my bench, I had um, Leonard Fournette, who outperformed Ronald Jones again in his game and finished with 10.1 points in a game where Tampa Bay only scored three points. I also added DJ Dallas, but did not play him, and he finished with 11.9 points. He had nine total touches for 39 all-purpose yards. I was afraid of the drop-in opportunities with Travis Homer back, which is why I didn't play him. I mean, it, I mean, obviously he didn't do much worse than my other running backs, so kind of interchangeable there. But uh, yeah, my um, wide receivers were solid again. AJ Brown finished with four catches for 101 yards and a touchdown. 22.1 points in our league, and Allen Robinson had a dependable 15.1 points from seven catches for 81 yards. Jared Cook was a disappointment with three points, but he almost had a touchdown, but I think instead he managed a fumble while he was reaching for the end zone, which is crazy because if he got the touchdown, obviously it would have been a decent game for a tight end, but then he lost it. <laughs> so it went the complete opposite way. Uh, it's crazy how one play can change your whole like fantasy outcome. My kicker was Daniel Carlson. He finished with seven points while Washington's defense only had five points. My biggest lineup mistake and the most points I left on the bench came from Christian Kirk. He scored 25.3 points from five catches, 123 yards, and a touchdown. And I was wishing that I had played him. You watch that, you know, you watch your fucking guys in your lineup and they're not doing anything. And you see this one guy on your bench and he's just going off and it's like, God, yeah. I'm so stupid. <laughs> and, and we'll be talking more about Christian Kirk. Yeah, we will. Coming up later on. Yeah. Um, And I think the only other person I haven't mentioned on my bench was Marquise Brown. He only managed 6.8 points again. Not somebody I can drop, but I'm too scared to play him. Yep. Um, so I managed to squeak out my fourth win of the season. I am now four and five. I'm in eighth place. I still think I have some playoff hope, but uh, I wouldn't be surprised if I don't make it either. <laughs> <laughs> well, with the way that my team's playing, I wouldn't be necessarily surprised if I don't make it either, even though I am five and four. Uh, no matter who I put in my lineup this past week, it would not have mattered. I got slaughtered. You were uh, talking about Hollywood Brown, and I have yeah. a couple of Ravens on my team. The Ravens are a bit of a mess, and I'm sure that you saw that Lamar Jackson now thinks that the defenses that they're playing, that they know the plays. I did a not see that. Apparently the Colts were calling out signals and wow. were stuffing run plays. Uh Something similar happened to Greg Roman, the offensive coordinator, when he was with the 49ers with Kaepernick. The season after Kaepernick exploded, the 49ers offense fell off. So uh, we'll see how that goes. But they're going to yeah. need to change something, change some yeah. formations, be a little creative. The offensive coordinator that made Lamar Jackson an MVP should probably be a little bit more creative. You yeah, would think. you would think. <laughs> but uh, we'll find out. <laughs> Anyway, this week, this past week, I got destroyed 139.32 to 81.10. Ooh, you had a this, worse week than I had last week. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this points-wise was by far my worst week of the season. I had Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel both on my IR. Tyler Boyd on a bye, and Calvin Ridley and Chris Carson were both out with injuries. 
on top of that, really no one on my team performed well. So uh, that's kind of a recipe for getting your ass kicked, you know? Yeah. So uh, Lamar Jackson, he finished with 18.6 points. He rushed for 58 yards and a touchdown and threw for 170 yards. Uh, against the Colts, the Ravens just had no running game at all and no downfield passing presence at all. It seemed like if J- Jackson did complete a pass, especially in the first half, it was four yards, three yards, five yards. Um, as Kyla predicted, Lamar was mediocre. <laughs> But he avoided the devastating turnovers that he had against Pittsburgh a week earlier, which is basically why the Ravens still won. Mark Andrews, my tight end, had just three receptions for 22 yards for 5.2 points. Andrews hasn't gotten double-digit fantasy points since week five. Um, With my quarterback and my tight end, I had someone on my bench that performed better. Drew Brees got 22.68 points in the Saints' surprising ass-kicking of Tampa Bay. (laughs) And Pittsburgh's Eric Ebron had 11.2 fantasy points. Jackson is going to remain in the starting lineup for the mean machine. Andrews is not. Andrews is going to be benched from now going forward. Unless, for some reason, Big Ben doesn't play this week. In which case, I might have to switch some Steelers out because Big Ben apparently might have COVID. So, yeah. That's always fun. (laughs) At receiver, Chris Godwin had three catches for 41 yards for 7.1 points. He tied Mike Evans for the team lead in targets with six, despite Antonio Brown joining the offense. At this point, Godwin is still a starter for me. We'll see how the rest of the season goes with Brown now getting plenty of attempts. Um, And based on the matchup, I picked up and started Cole Beasley. Despite Bill's receivers having big games, Beasley was not one of them. Three catches yeah. for 39 yards for just 6.9 points. Unfortunately. Uh, Derek Henry, he had an off week, 21 carries for 68 yards for just 6.8 points. Did not have any receptions. Wow. I obviously need more from him in order to win any week. He was my first round pick. Yeah. 6.8 points is not going to cut it. Yeah. Antonio Gibson had 12.5 points, but he was non-existent once Alex Smith entered the game and started throwing to J.D. McKissick. And in my flex, Justin Jackson continued my lengthy streak of one of my starters getting hurt. Oh, my God. He got zero points. That's not funny, but it's funny. (laughs) I'm pretty sure that makes it either it's six or seven weeks out of nine that I have started someone who's gotten hurt and gotten zero to four points somewhere in that realm so (laughs) what what can you do at at this point what can i do though like i didn't even play deontay johnson (laughs) it's normally him uh on my bench speak of the devil deontay johnson 14.1 points uh kicker brandon mcmanus had 11 points and the giants defense got me 13 Wow. So I did well picking up the Giants D and my kicker change has worked out. So, you know, got that going for me. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I am now five and four. And uh, we're on to Cincinnati. Are you still tied for first place at like actual fifth place? Or? That would that would be a no. There are two <laughs> teams that are six and three. And uh, I'm one of I'm one of three or four teams tied at five and four. Is uh, who's six and three? It's Jesse, 
who has had the most amazing luck. He's had nobody on his team get significantly injured this season. I think he is the only one. And he's so in first Jesse, place. Jesse, the uh, COVID Crusaders, six and three. Bethany's team, six and three. <laughs> there are three of us at five and four. Three of so you, you at four and five. So and I'm tied for teams. third. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Or you're eight. You know, that's <laughs> depends on how you want to look at it. But with with Jesse, since we're mentioning him, you know, how do these two people doing the podcast, how are they not in first and this guy is? Yeah. Well, <laughs> Jesse's team, Patrick Mahomes, Stefan Diggs, DK Metcalf, Dalvin Cook, James Robinson, uh, his many receivers. He's got Juju, Justin Jefferson, DJ Moore, Chase Claypool, uh, TJ Hawkinson, a tight end. Yeah, his team is loaded and He's loaded and not injury pro or like injury riddled like everybody else. <laughs> yep, he has no one on IR. He has no. one person that's questionable. Counting uh, Calvin Ridley, who's on a bye, but also out this week. I have seven people that are either questionable or out, and that Ooh, does not uh... count Antonio Gibson, who did not <laughs> practice yesterday but is practicing today. Yeah. So uh, yeah, he's had a lot of good luck. But also DK Metcalf, like if you think about where we were at going into the season, right? Yeah. DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, good people to have on your team. But everyone was still of the opinion that Seattle was going to run the ball a lot more than they have. Yeah. You know, let, let Russ cook was yeah. just a hashtag. It was not happening in real life. Yeah. And DK Metcalf, of course, has just been amazing. And Stephon, Stephon Diggs uh -huh. has been amazing for a Buffalo team that nobody thought could throw the ball like they can yeah. yeah so in fantasy sometimes you get lucky we actually talked about jesse's team maybe even like the first podcast after the draft and we both were like yeah you know his, <laughs> and his he, team's not that great he's got dalvin cook who uh has gotten what 50 and 40 some points the last two weeks which i mean if you've rostered Dalvin Cook in the past, you know that by the end of the season, he may not be usable to you. So he might, Jesse might get to the playoffs. Dalvin Cook, you know, the season could uh, be catching up with him by that point. And like me last year, <laughs> and then be fucked yeah. in the playoffs. Yeah. The, the last two weeks, uh, 50.6 points and 41.2 points. And aside from the Atlanta game where he did not play and got zero. Um, 17 points is his floor. Yeah, which is amazing. Which, yeah, I just said Derrick Henry got 6.8. Yeah. Like, yeah. And I'm, I'm a big, uh, I'm a big early running back drafter. And I ended up with some shitty running backs. This year, <laughs> <laughs> which sucks. Well, with Elaire, you're, you're thinking about the PPR, you know, you're thinking about, the receptions, which is why in two other leagues I drafted Austin Eckler. Yeah. You're you're looking for that explosive type guy that this season is Alvin Kamara. Yes. 100%. That's he's the top guy for that this season. Still my I biggest skipped, regret of drafting. <laughs> I, yeah, I skipped Kamara. I, yeah, I straight so up skipped I. him and I should not have done that because I drafted him not in our league, but last season heavily, and he was a disappointment. Yeah. So I didn't go after him this year. I thought, okay, Derrick Henry, dependable Derrick Henry. And for the yeah. most part, he has been, you know, this he, past week. He doesn't miss time good. usually. And he usually, I mean, you can count on double digit points out of him for the most part. 
Right, right. There have just been two weeks this year where he hasn't got double digits. Aside from that, his floor has been about 15 points. He was facing the Bears. Tough defense. Yeah. But still... <laughs> I, I'm a you Kamara know, never the, got six points. <laughs> the Titans and Colts, they're playing tonight. Thursday night football. Yeah. You know, I'm looking for about 70 out of out of Derrick Henry. You know, that's uh, that's my expectation. I do hope okay. you get it. Maybe maybe 17. <laughs> <laughs> maybe 17 get, and not 70. I hope you get 70, but I also wouldn't be that upset if you end up losing again and I could knock you out of the playoffs and put myself in there. <laughs> well, you know, even then I'll still be tied for third, right? <laughs> right. but uh by the way just throwing it out there the way the schedule is working out i believe week 13 the last week of the regular season it's me and you yeah we play again so you know i'm just saying it could matter (laughs) in the words of al pacino in heat if it's between me and you i'm gonna put you down (laughs) okay that's that's all i'm saying we'll see about that yeah, I'm not right. too confident in my team at the moment. As I said, <laughs> seven, seven questionable or worse. But uh, yeah, yeah, we'll we'll see. Yeah, see how it goes. All right, let's move on now to our winners and losers of the week for week nine. I just I want to go first because I want to talk about uh, my winner of the week is Des Bryant. He really isn't the winner of the week for fantasy purposes. He didn't really do anything, but uh, he's still the winner of the week in my book. He was elevated from the Ravens practice squad and active for his first game since December 31st, 2017. He only played two snaps, from what I could tell, but I do think eventually the Ravens will work him up to a bigger role. Uh, Will he be fantasy relevant? I doubt it. I don't think the Ravens can support a fantasy relevant wide receiver, at least not a consistent one. But I do think they have more plans for him than two snaps per game. It's just a great comeback story. You know, we talked about Alex Smith a few weeks ago, who now happens to be the starter in Washington. But Des Bryant also, you know, great comeback story. He had tumultuous ending in Dallas, tore his Achilles, you know, before he played a game for New Orleans. He's missed two full seasons. And now we're in week nine of the 2020 COVID season. And he's back. And it just, it's great. I love football on Sundays when Des Bryant is out there playing. So this is the ultimate homer pick by you, but I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. As you know, not a Cowboys fan or a Ravens fan, honestly. But yeah. Des seems he's a great Twitter follow, and I'm I'm happy for him that he's back in a uniform. And he and, loves know, the game. He loves yeah. to play football. He's passionate. I wish that he was on. I mean, I was glad when the Cowboys released him because things just were not great there. Um, but at least he was passionate on the sideline. You know, Zeke Elliott goes over there and sits down on the bench and he's just sitting there all mopey throughout the whole game. And it's like, <laughs> you need somebody like Des Bryant. <laughs> some, yeah, some, some fire. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, maybe he can be a factor. Maybe in like two weeks, we'll, we'll hear like the NFL primetime music and it'll be like Des Bryant with the catch. You never know. That'd be amazing. I watched that whole freaking Ravens game just because I wanted to see Des Bryant catch a football and they didn't <laughs> even throw it to him. <laughs> yeah. You were, you were texting me and like, yeah. it was like, oh, yeah, apparently you're watching the Ravens game. <laughs> yeah. So my w- winner of the week is Christian McCaffrey. 
I did make this choice before finding out that he likely won't play this week, but yeah. uh, pretty much my choice means that I'm throwing any physical ailments out the window. He was <laughs> able he was able to come back, be the number one, or he was likely the number one pick in your fantasy draft. If not, he was number two. Yeah, and he's been out since week two with a high ankle sprain. He returned in week nine. Fantasy owners that plugged him in were uh, rewarded with 37.1 fantasy points. He got 18 carries for 69 yards and a touchdown to go with 10 catches for 82 yards and another TD. He was the fantasy monster that we all know and love. Yeah. Now, this is really just winner of the week, unfortunately, (laughs) because he's going to be out once again. But for one week, he was king once again. Yeah, yeah, he was. Uh, although the injury does sort of put a damper on that, but I'm wondering what is actually wrong with his shoulder because they haven't said, have they? No, they haven't said, and they're, you know, we're going to do the injury report here in a second, but there have been a lot of those things, like this yeah. guy has a foot injury. Yeah, He's out. But... <laughs> He's on IR. It's his foot. All right, what about his foot? It's his There's... foot. It could be a toe. It It could be anything. (laughs) Well, and in hockey, it's kind of starting to look like hockey. Like they just say, you know, lower body injury. (laughs) Seriously, you know, he'll he'll be out for three months with a lower body injury. And I in in hockey, it's because guys, if they know it's your knee, they're going to take their sticks and they're going to slap your knee. Wow, that's that's pretty bad. (laughs) That's kind of how hockey works. But uh, yeah, I would I would like to know actually what is wrong with his shoulder, but they haven't yeah. said. No. All right, my loser of the week is you'll be happy about this one, Tom Brady. Yeah, fuck you, Tom Brady. <laughs> Brady had a nightmare night against New Orleans on Sunday Night Football. He was started in 63% of Yahoo leagues, and Tommy Boy completed 22 passes for 209 yards, no touchdowns, and three interceptions. He had Bummer. two. <laughs> I know you're very broken up about that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he had 2.36 fantasy points in our league, by far his worst game of the year. And I think they said the last time he threw three interceptions in one game was in 2011. <laughs> I do not hate Tom Brady. I'm not a Tom Brady hater like you, but it's always a little bit satisfying when uh, he has a game like this because he kind of pouts on the sideline and he just looks all mad and it's just kind of kind of funny to watch, but you know, he's won so much, so it's not really like you know, he had one bad game, whatever, but he's definitely a loser for week 9 for me. <laughs> yeah, he's a whiner. <laughs> Uh, and you know he can't go over to the sideline anymore and say, "Bill, Bill, make it better." <laughs> That's true. Because he's not there anymore. So, <laughs> no, I don't feel bad for him at all, as you can tell. <laughs> uh, my loser of the week is DeAndre Hopkins. Hopkins has four 100-yard games this season and has only been held under 10 fantasy points twice all year. So, obviously, this week was an aberration, but. Hopkins was shadowed by Miami's top corner, Xavier Howard, and was held to three catches for 30 yards and just six fantasy points. He only had three targets, too, which is by far his season low, which before this week was seven. Uh, Quarterback Kyler Murray was finding other targets, as you mentioned, Christian Kirk in particular. Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. and Hopkins was mostly just a decoy. Brutal week for fantasy owners dependent on 15 to 25 points from Hopkins each week because that's what you essentially have come to expect from yeah. him. But uh, this week it didn't happen, just like Derrick Henry just wasn't there. And uh, But we all know that Hopkins will probably have 23 this week or something like that. So. Oh, yeah. He won't have but, many. Sorry, go ahead. No, I, I was just going to say just for, for one week, not a good one. Yeah, yeah, definitely. He, um, I just wanted to point out, you said he only had two games under 10 points. The other game that he had under 10 points was against Dallas. Which is pretty weird. <laughs> it's pretty surprising, but, you know, facts are yeah, facts. Against, against Dallas, they ran the ball pretty yeah, effectively, and I guess... Uh, yeah, that that was a weird game just overall. It was a Monday night game. I I just thought it was really weird. Speaking of Dallas, just you know, are they just gonna beat the freaking steel? I I know obviously they didn't, but <laughs> they didn't. they're just gonna be they... terrible and terrible, and then they've just put, you know, the Steelers on notice there for a while. Garrett Gilbert. <laughs> Garrett Gilbert. <laughs> Double G. You know, they I that game was fun to watch. I was really surprised that they, you know, held their own like that. But it was because of some of the special teams plays that they made. They, you know, got uh, tricky on one of the it was a punt or a kickoff or something. (laughs) Did you watch it? No. Oh, well, they punted and Cedric Wilson caught it. And we know Cedric Wilson can throw because he threw a touchdown to Dak Prescott in the game that Dak Prescott got injured in. Mm-hmm. But he threw it across the field to, um, oh, what was his name? I don't remember who th- who it was. But he ran it almost all the way down for a touchdown. And they did something else, too. Oh, they tricky, blocked a bunch of kicks. Cowboys. Tricky, they, tricky cowboys. I know. I liked it, though. I, I mean, how else are they going to win? <laughs> it would yeah, have been. Gotta, a... Sorry, go you, ahead. You've, you've got to pull out all the stops at that point. I it would have been really amazing for them if they could have won that game because you'd know that the Giants and the football team and the Eagles are not going to beat the Steelers. So if they could have won that game, it would have given them a leg up, I think. But yeah, I mean, our playoff hopes are dashed, but it was fun to almost beat the Steelers. I mean, overall, you're still only like with the tie the Eagles got. Does that mean you're a game and a half back? I think so. Like, I mean, it's not, you know, out of the question, but I do think they're going to go back to Andy Dalton when he's healthy, from what I can tell, which, you know, I don't know how I feel about that, but. <laughs> I mean, it seemed like to me that Ben DiNucci was a Hall of Famer. Like, oh my I'd, gosh. I don't know why he's, <laughs> I don't know why he's out of the lineup. I think know, whoever that... decided to go with Ben DiNucci over Garrett Gilbert should be fired. Well, that's Mike McCarthy, I believe. You <laughs> did you hear about why Ben DiNucci was even on the team? The whole like he was in an elevator with Mike McCarthy during the draft combine or some shit. I did not hear that. Now Ben DiNucci like knows or his dad apparently knows Mike McCarthy and he like went up to Mike McCarthy in an elevator and like introduced himself or something. Oh and my then God. he got and then he got drafted in the seventh round by wow. the Cowboys. He wow. was drafted, right? Yeah. Yeah. So Mike McCarthy like knows his dad or or something. I would need to do a quick Google search to confirm this, but 
I believe they said that uh, before his start, something about like how he even came to be on the team. Oh my gosh. Essentially nepotism is what I'm that, trying to uh, say. That's why that... <laughs> that's why he's on the team. That makes me angry. <laughs> yeah, it's like your youth team. Like, who's the quarterback? He's terrible. Oh, it's a coach's son. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Oh my god. <laughs> well, they deserve to lose when he played then, if that's the case. And they did. <laughs> All right, it's time for the injury updates, huh? Yeah, we, it is lengthy, this uh, is. list we have here. You know, every week I think how the injury list cannot get longer, and then it just does. Well, and when you have people like Antonio Gibson just sprouting up on the injury report one day, <laughs> and then the next day it's like, oh, he's fine. Like, yeah. It's kind of hard not to. Yeah. Well, I can uh, I can get us started here. Christian McCaffrey, shoulder, as as we mentioned, we don't know what about his shoulder, but it's his shoulder. He's likely out for week 10, but he is seeking a second opinion. Kyle Allen, quarterback for Washington. He dislocated his left ankle. He will undergo season-ending surgery. You likely were not starting Kyle Allen, but now you can't. (laughs) Nick Chubb for the Browns. He has an MCL injury. He is practicing this week after being placed on IR in week five. He practiced Thursday without a brace. Seems on track to play, but... uh, Coach Stefanski is going to update the fantasy community on Friday. (laughs) And by the way, this is Thursday afternoon, just in case you were wondering. So everything is up to date um, from Thursday. About four hours to kick off for Thursday Night Football. So get excited. Yeah. Preston Williams, receiver for the Dolphins. He has a foot injury. He was placed on IR. He'll be out at least three games, but the Dolphins do not expect him to return this season. They do expect Big. him to return. They do expect him to return. Okay, uh-huh. I stand I stand corrected. <laughs> ben Roethlisberger, he's on the COVID list, and he's also rehabbing his knee while he's on the COVID list. He's expected to play if he doesn't test positive before Sunday, so keep tabs on that. Yeah, he was mm. apparently a very uh, high-risk close contact because Vance McDonald tested positive who he sat next to on the plane or something on the way back from Dallas. Yeah, and, and their lockers are side by side Yeah, as, as well. So yeah. yeah, that is definitely a close contact. <laughs> Noah Fant tied in for the Broncos. He re-injured his ankle in the first quarter against the Falcons. He's currently questionable. He did come back into the game, so it would seem like he's going to play this week, but they haven't said. His teammate is Albert O, tight end. He's out for the year. I am not trying to pronounce his his (laughs) last name. I'm not even going there. He is out for the year, unfortunately, with a torn ACL. He is the fourth Broncos tight end to be put on IR this season. And Jerry Judy, receiver, he mispracticed Wednesday with a shoulder injury. He is currently questionable. They haven't updated his status yet. Uh, We have Joe Mixon, the running back for uh, the Bengals. He has a foot injury. He's listed as questionable. He has not practiced this week. It should be considered doubtful. That's a shame because they thought that they were going to get him back after the bye. David Johnson, the running back for Houston. Um, He is in a concussion protocol. He is not practicing and should be considered on the wrong side of questionable. David Montgomery, another running back for Chicago, is also in the concussion protocol. No update on his status yet. And then Justin Jackson, the running back for the Chargers, 
has a knee injury. He is unlikely to practice this week. Questionable for Sunday. It's not sounding like he will be playing. And then, as you said already, Antonio Gibson, the running back for Washington, has a shoulder injury. He returned to practice in full today. I think that um, Ron Rivera said there were no issues, no concerns, or something like that for Sunday. And then moving on to the 49ers portion of our show, Kendrick Bourne was placed back on the COVID list Monday. No update since then. Debo Samuel, the wide receiver, um, has a hamstring injury. He is questionable. He did not practice on Wednesday. There was no update for Thursday. Raheem Mostert, the running back, has an ankle sprain. They have declared him out for Week 10. He was placed on IR in Week 7, and that is where he remains. And then Tevin Coleman, the other running back for San, for San Francisco, has a knee injury, and he did not practice on Wednesday and is doubtful to play on Sunday as well. And... The list continues. Uh, two Rams, <laughs> Cooper Cup, receiver. He was limited in Wednesday's practice with a wrist injury and an oblique injury, but he is expected to play. The RB, Daryl Henderson, has a thigh injury. He practiced Thursday. Coach McVay says Henderson will play. Some Packers, Jamal Williams, was taken off the COVID list. He is expected to play while A.J. Dillon uh, is still on the COVID list. He will likely not play Sunday. Alan Lazard was placed on IR prior to week four. Um, ESPN is reporting he could play in week 10, but that is still up in the air. A couple of Jaguars, Gardner Minshew, is going to continue to be out this week. So their quarterback will be, his name's Jake Luton? Jake Luton, right? <laughs> Luton, yeah. I think so. Uh, Minshew has multiple fractures and a strained ligament in his right thumb. LaVisca Chenault, receiver, has a hamstring injury. He did practice on Wednesday, but remains questionable. For the Lions, Kenny Galladay, receiver, did not practice Wednesday with a, with a hip injury. We don't have an update on him. Tonight, if you are struggling and you need to start T.Y. Hilton, hopefully that's not the case. But yeah, he is he is playing. He was removed from the injury report. He's dealing with a groin injury. The Seahawks uh, RB situation. Chris Carson midfoot sprain did not practice Wednesday. He is questionable. Carlos Hyde hamstring injury did not practice Wednesday. Coach Pete Carroll said he was behind Chris Carson in terms of returning, which is good because I have Carson on my team and I do not have Carlos Hyde anymore. <laughs> Speaking of your team, uh, Kenyon Drake, he has an ankle injury. He practiced Wednesday, still questionable. Yeah, I don't know what I'm going to do about that situation. I guess if he plays, I'll have to start Drake because he gets most of the volume. But I really don't know what, what to do there. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> Continuing down the list. Devontae Freeman, running back for the Giants, has an ankle injury. He did return to practice on Wednesday in a limited fashion, so keep an eye on that. Austin Hooper, tight end for uh, Cleveland, has missed with appendicitis. He had his appendix removed. He is no longer has an injury designation, so he should play in Week 10. Miles Sanders, the running back for Philadelphia, has a knee injury. He practiced on Thursday, Wednesday and Thursday. He's expected to play. More Eagles. Alshon Jeffrey, he is expected to make his season debut this week. What do you think Alshon Jeffrey will uh, 
contribute to fantasy fantasy players. I thought about putting him on our on our waiver list on yeah. Tuesday that we put on Instagram and and uh, Twitter. <laughs> I did not though, just because at this point it's really tough to know what he'll provide since he's been out the whole year. Yeah, you would think he would still be behind Fulgrim. Yeah, and Jalen Rieger on the. Uh, on the depth chart, but it is Alshon Jeffrey and he's had good seasons in the past. Yeah. So like if you were in a position kind of how Jesse is, where his team is really deep, you, you could take a flyer on him. Yeah. And see you what know, happens. I'd, yeah. How do you feel? I feel the same. I agree with you, but I, I think he might be off to a slow start, but I think he could contribute down the way. It's tough to know how many people Carson Wentz can really support Yeah, in fantasy. And, you know, how long Jeffrey can stay healthy. Yeah. yeah. Which is going to be the biggest part. Yeah. All right. The last few. We're almost, we're almost done. We're in the home stretch here. Mark Ingram running back for Baltimore has an ankle sprain. Harbaugh says that he could return this week. He's listed as questionable. Damian Harris, the running back for New England. Oh, we got a bunch of Patriots here. Damian Harris has a chest and ankle injury. He was limited on Wednesday, but is expected to play. Which brings me to Sony Michelle, also the running back. He's been out with a quad injury. Um, he has been designated to return from IR, though, and he returned to practice on Thursday. So that could make for a confusing situation with Damian Harris because... But, I mean, they're hard to predict anyway, but Sonny Michelle coming back is going to hurt Damian Harris. Yeah, and Damian Harris was one of my good matchups last week, and he did get 14, I want to say 14 carries for 71 yards. But that was like seven points. <laughs> yeah, he didn't find the end zone. Man, if he could have found the end zone, it would have really helped me out. But, it uh, down, but down by the end zone, it's the Cam Newton show. Yeah. He has eight touchdowns on the ground. Yeah. All right. Last but not least, in kill Harry. Is that how you say? It? Is it just an in in kill? Or is it uh, kill? I'm freezing up here. <laughs> I I think it's Nakiel. I think it's Nakiel Harry. I believe. <laughs> um, he has a concussion, but he practiced on Wednesday and should play. <sighs> that is all for the injuries. <laughs> I think. Yeah, right? there's some guys on IR, some guys on a buy that are hurt, but we're not going to waste any more time with that action. <laughs> Just keep going. Moving on to week 10. We've got some good and bad matchups. This is the good stuff. It is. Should My... I go first? You can. Might as well. Sure. I've been uh, talking about him the whole podcast anyway. My first guy is Antonio Gibson, the RB for Washington. They are at Detroit. When I saw that he was on the injury report, I thought, shit, I'm going to have to find someone else. But, <laughs> but luckily, he is playing. Um, the big question with, with Gibson right now is how much J.D. McKissick will eat into his production each week. It appears to me McKissick will be far more of a factor the more that Washington has to pass, which, considering Gibson was also a wide receiver in college, makes it all the more confusing that he doesn't get more receiving yards yeah, because I think he lined up in the backfield in that, but he also lined up at receiver, was more of like an offensive weapon. So you would think that he wouldn't need to leave the game when Alex Smith is doing all the dump offs. You would think, but you know, I digress. 
However, this week Washington has a shot to be leading, which I think makes him a pretty dangerous person to have in your lineup. Detroit has allowed the most points to opposing RBs this season and just got destroyed by Dalvin Cook last week. On top of that, especially if Matthew Stafford doesn't play, it is looking like he will play now. But even if he does, Detroit's offense hasn't exactly been rolling in recent games. I feel like Washington will will be in this game, giving Gibson a chance to rack up yards. He also scored the past two games. And uh, I think Gibson is is an excellent RB2 or flex play for this week. Yeah, I agree with you here. And I, I would even say I do think that uh, Washington could be leading in this game. But, you know, given the fact that Alex Smith is the quarterback, um, I, it could be competitive. So I think you could even start J.D. JD McKissick as well. I, I mean, I think you should definitely start Gibson like you said, but I think McKissick could be a good flex play. Like mm-hmm. they said, they are set on using him in the passing game for whatever reason. Then um, it does seem like they want to use both backs. And I think Alex Smith will be li- relying on the running backs quite a bit. So I think you could play them both. I think you probably can too. I'm really, really hoping for about 15 carries for Antonio Gibson. Maybe they can be in the lead, especially since he's on my team. Yeah. And I'm probably going to need to play him with the injuries, but uh, it remains to be seen. Yeah. My first um, start for this week with the good matchup is Brandon Cooks at Cleveland. Brandon Cooks has been much better than I expected this season, to be quite honest. He has reached 13 PPR points um, or more in five of eight games this season. He's out-targeted Will Fuller over the last four weeks, 39-30. to This week, Houston faces Cleveland, who has given up 12 or more PPR points to 15 different wide receivers this season. They're giving up the fifth most fantasy points per game to the position, an average of 29.6 half PPR points per game. And I think you can start Cooks with confidence this week. Yeah, I think you can too. Uh they fired Bill O'Brien, and all yeah. of a sudden, Brandon Cooks became a huge fantasy asset. Yeah. And I wish I had seen that coming. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> so another good matchup, my second one, is Christian Kirk, the receiver for Arizona. They're playing Buffalo this week. The Bills have allowed the seventh fewest amount of fantasy points to receivers this year. But even if Tredavious White does play, he'll be on DeAndre Hopkins and not Kirk. So in my opinion, Kirk is sort of matchup proof here, especially, you know, you take away the turnovers last week that Seattle made. They still move the ball pretty effectively and Buffalo's defense is really not what it was. So I still think that the receiving game for the Cardinals could be pretty potent this week. Kirk has a TD in four of the last five games and he has double digit fantasy points in five straight games. We've been high on Kirk since the preseason of 2019, if you Mm -hmm. recall. Yeah. And it looks like he's finally piling up some production at long last. (laughs) That that prediction by us was way early, apparently. It was a a season early, but still, I mean, it was right eventually. (laughs) (laughs) We, We can still take credit. Yeah. The Cardinals will have to pass in this one, as we just talked about. And I think Kirk is really a quality play. Um, in what should be a, a pretty fun game. I 
don't really have anything to add except for I hope you're right because I think I'm going to have to play him this week. <laughs> so let's hope. <laughs> there, there we go. That's what I'm um, hoping for too. <laughs> my next start for this week is Kareem Hunt versus Houston. Nick Chubb is likely to be back this week, as we already talked about, which will cut into Kareem Hunt's opportunities. But even still, Hunt was still plenty involved in the offense uh, before Chubb went down with an injury, and I think that'll still be the case this week. Cleveland is coming out of their bye week and playing Houston at home. Houston is giving up plenty of fantasy points per game to running backs. They've allowed three 100-plus yard rushers, one 200-plus yard rusher, and just last week, gave up 99 yards to James Robinson, which is basically 100. But I didn't want to say four 100-plus yard rushers because that wasn't technically accurate. <laughs> um, not to mention they gave up; they've given up at least 10 touchdowns to the position. Again, Hunt always gets plenty of volume, even when Chubb is healthy. And Cleveland relies heavily on their running backs, so I think you can you can continue to start him this week, even with Chubb back in the lineup. Yeah, I think he's going to have a great week, too. Uh, two things. You keep expecting Houston to play better defensively, and it just <laughs> never seems to happen. Yeah. And then the other thing, if you really want to dig into how bad Houston has been, they have two wins this season. They are both against the Jaguars. Really? I didn't realize that. <laughs> the Jaguars are the only team that they've beat. And, have the Jaguars beat in, oh the Jaguars did beat Indianapolis at least in week one, didn't they? Yep, that's their only win. <laughs> I don't know off the top of my head if they've had their bye week yet. They're either one and seven or they're one and eight. Um, but yeah, just a brutal season. But I think Hunt, especially if they're leading late, I think he'll have plenty of opportunities for sure. Moving on to the bad matchups, my first one, really not a surprise. Mark Andrews tied in for Baltimore at New England. Somebody's a little bitter. <laughs> oh, I am very, very bitter. Um, <laughs> I'd be hard-pressed to find a player I'm more disappointed in this season than Andrews. <laughs> he only has two games where he has more than three catches. He also hasn't scored or gotten double-digit fantasy points since week five. The Ravens' offense is simply so far out of whack right now that all their receivers can't really be re recommended in fantasy at all. On top of that, the Patriots have allowed the fewest fantasy points per game to tight ends this, this season. So if you're like me and you're fed up with Andrews and you're looking for a week to finally bench him and cut the cord, this one's it. This is it. It is, it is week 10. Yeah. I agree with you. New England has been good against tight ends and Mark Andrews has sucked, to be frank, for fantasy purposes at least. Um. He's definitely not a must-start anymore, so I would take him out if I had him to. But I don't have him because I wouldn't draft him in the fourth round. <laughs> <laughs> totally depends on your team situation, but uh, I I think that Ebron has a higher ceiling, so I'm going to start him. And uh, you know what? I shouldn't have drafted him there. <laughs> I can admit that. Uh, but, yeah, I... You you just keep expecting him to do a little bit more. You keep expecting him to catch that touchdown, and it just it hasn't happened as we just talked about since week five. So in New England, I think those numbers are a little 
a little weird against tight ends. You know, they just played the Jets, and the Jets essentially don't have a tight end that they even use. Right. So you're obviously going to be pretty good against tight ends when you're playing teams that don't use tight ends. Yeah. But uh, I just, Andrews, he's just been so bad. I mean, the Ravens yeah. offense overall, you can't really start anybody right now except for Jackson, but yeah, he's out of my lineup. I agree with you. Sticking with the tight ends, my first sit for this week is Hunter Henry at Miami. We talked last week how Miami's defense has been kind of sneaky good this year, and they are especially good against the tight end position. They're giving up on average five half PPR points per game to tight ends and have not given up more than nine points to any tight end in our PPR league. Hunter Henry has seen a lot of volume um, most games this season, but he's been 50-50 for reaching double-digit points, and I think this is a week to stay away from him if you can. You know, it's tough with, with Herbert as the quarterback. You kind of think that everyone is is startable. Yeah. But uh, the numbers don't lie, and he yeah. would be a good sit for this week. My second bad matchup, Justin Jefferson. Receiver for the Vikings, and they are at the Bears on Monday Night Football. Overall, the Minnesota offense has been leaning heavily toward Dalvin Cook, as we talked about. The Vikings and Kirk Cousins now have the lowest amount of pass attempts in the NFL, wow. which is kind of insane. <laughs> so Jefferson hasn't been getting many opportunities, as evidenced by six catches and eight targets combined over the last two weeks. Now the Vikings get the Bears. Chicago has allowed the third fewest amount of fantasy points to opposing receivers this season. They also allow just 6.7 yards per pass attempt. So you've got to think they're going to try to lean on Cook again. And if a receiver does have a good game for Minnesota, I'm willing to bet it's Adam Thielen. Jefferson always has that blow-up potential, like the week he got 41 points or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. But uh, he's definitely a sit for me this week. Yeah, I agree with you. It's the same story as it was last week when I chose Corey Davis as a sit against Chicago. And I just want to point out how right I was about that because Stellar Corey Davis, pick. <laughs> he got zero points. So I hope if anyone out there had Corey Davis, I hope you did not play him last week. Your, um, your picks last week were very good, by the way. I just want to point thanks. that out. Mine were not. <laughs> Well, it happens. Uh, what? Who did all I choose last week? I don't remember who even I chose last week besides Corey Davis and Lamar Jackson. Well, I guess mine were a little bit uh, skewed because of injury, but Justin Jackson was my no. one start. He got hurt immediately. But uh, Kalen Ballage, he came in. He had a good game. <laughs> so, as we you predicted. Know, <laughs> you know, in so facto, yeah, as, as we predicted, yeah. he did well. Yeah. Damien Harris, and then my sits were Amari Cooper and, and Teddy Bridgewater. How did Amari do? He did okay. I think he got double yeah. digits. Okay. But I, I one of my starts was Cole Beasley, though, and that he didn't do very well last week. Well, three out of four for you then. Yeah. <laughs> Which ain't bad. 75% C's get degrees. Hey, that's pretty good. All right. My last sit, it's the last one, right? Am I off mm -hmm. her? Is nope, Jarek McKinnon. Jarek McKinnon at New Orleans. I just 
do not trust the 49ers backfield at this point. I do not trust Kyle Shanahan to let us know if he's going to rest McKinnon from week to week or if he's going to carry the load. Maybe McKinnon will have tired legs again. Who knows? But, you know, on top of that, the New Orleans run defense is pretty stout. They're giving up the fifth fewest fantasy points per game to the position, according to Yahoo. Since their week six bye, New Orleans has not given up more than 12 PPR points to running backs. I could very well be wrong, and McKinnon could get 20 carries, but like I said, I just don't trust it. You know, if he's got tired legs and he has to miss a game because he's tired, it's like, I, I don't know if it's worth the risk because we've seen that he has a very low floor, so I would stay away from him this week. Yeah, he definitely scares me too. As as you mentioned, there is always that possibility of him getting 20 carries. Yeah. So there's high risk, high reward. Yeah. I didn't play him in a different league last week, and he wound up getting that garbage time touchdown, and he had pretty good numbers. But just like you said, you know, you can't tell week to week who's going to get what. And, you know, Jermichael Hasty may have 18 carries. Jared yeah. McKinnon has five, and you're sitting there with a RB who got, you know, 5.2 points. Yeah. Which it's, would suck. <laughs> yeah, it's it's scary. So yeah. to recap, our starts this week are Brandon Cooks, Kareem Hunt, Antonio Gibson, and Christian Kirk. And our sits are Hunter Henry, Jarek McKinnon, Mark Andrews, and Justin Jefferson. Some quick hits, some people that we would start. Jared Goff against Seattle. We have Eric Ebron against the Bengals. Austin Hooper against the Texans. Miles Sanders against the Giants. Zach Moss against the Cardinals. Mike Williams against the Dolphins. And Tyler Boyd. And the Bengals are at the Steelers. And some people we would sit. Ryan Tannehill uh, versus the Colts. Joe Mixon and Giovanni Bernard at the Steelers. Marvin Jones versus Washington, the Washington football team. Corey Davis versus Indianapolis. And Jared Cook versus San Francisco. And speaking of all this Hunter Henry and Justin Jackson and Justin Herbert talk, our game of the week. Our game yeah. of the week. We went with kind of a fun option. The Chargers are definitely not a playoff team, but we've got the Chargers at the Dolphins in a game that I think is going to be pretty fun. Yeah, I think so, too. I think it's going to be a great fantasy-friendly game. Rookie quarterbacks, you know, Miami's on a hot streak. They got four wins in a row. Well, the Chargers, on the other hand, have lost their last two games at the very last second, mind you, both games. Did you watch the Chargers game last week? Uh, I got to see the end. It's uh, they just they they really find ways. Yeah, they just find ways to lose. Well, they thought or they originally called that last play a touchdown, didn't they? And then and then overturned it. Yeah, you know, as a uh, as a Broncos fan, you hate to see it, but <laughs> uh, then again, they're playing the Raiders, so I really wasn't rooting for anybody. I guess in the end, the way that the standings are playing out, I should have been rooting for the Chargers if I was rooting for anybody to keep the Raiders down a little bit. Yeah, but uh, it's fascinating how they've lost games, and and they they lost the Chiefs game earlier this year in the in a similar fashion. It's uh and it's, the Broncos, the yeah. Broncos won a last second touchdown against them. That's mind boggling. 
Um, Los Angeles's offense ranks second in the NFL in total yards per game with an average of 420. And they're top 10 in both passing yards and rushing yards per game. They score about 25 points per game on average. Miami's offense, however, ranks in the bottom 10 in total yards, both passing and rushing yards, but averages 27 points per game. As we've talked about, Miami's defense has overperformed this season, and even though they rank 22nd in yards allowed per game, they are fourth in points allowed per game with only 20 which is what really matters for winning games, if if we're yeah. being honest. Sure, in fantasy, you want you know a ton of yards and all that jazz, but in real life football, the most important thing is that you don't give up a ton of points. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Chargers give up about 27 points a game, so as far as fantasy, I think it's going to be very friendly. Like I said, it could be a shootout. Chargers defense has not been great, which is why the offense has to rack up so many yards and points. I think the Chargers will be able to move the ball uh, on Miami. They'll score points. I'm starting Justin Herbert this week and every week. You're starting Keenan Allen if you have him, of course. He is matchup proof. We already said we think you can start Mike Williams. And um, I would not start Hunter Henry, as I already talked about. They allow very little points to tight ends. As far as the running backs go, unless it's Justin Jackson, I'd probably stay away from the backfield. Um, on the Miami side, L.A. does not give up a ton to wide receivers, but with Preston Williams on IR, I do think that Devontae Parker could be a sneaky play. Uh, I still don't trust Mike Gesicki, but that could be personal. <laughs> you're no, shaking your you're, head now. <laughs> you, you are definitely right not to trust him. <laughs> I mean, if you're desperate, he did have three catches for 42 yards last week, so... If you can add a score to that, it would have been a decent game, but I don't trust him. No. I think you can start Tua. Tua time. Um, He will have to keep up with Herbert, so I think he'll be throwing a lot. I'm staying away from the Miami running backs as well, though, not because it's a difficult matchup, but because who fucking knows what's going on there. I had Miles mm. Gaskin on my team. For this week, because I've got Clyde and Todd Gurley both on a bye, and I look down Miles Gaskin in week 10, they play the Chargers, and now he's on IR, and I'm fucked. <laughs> so, <laughs> if if Miles Gaskin were playing, I would say, yes, you could play him, but he's not, so I wouldn't play any of, um, any of the running backs. So, yeah, I'm torn on who I think is going to win, though. I, I want to say Miami, but... It's hard to win five games in a row. So, I don't know. The Chargers desperately need to win, so I think they might win this one in a, in a close one. But they could lose at the last second again. You know, you never know. <laughs> if you want to take the Chargers and Herbert, just take the Chargers. Just, just do it. That's what I'm doing. All right, I am taking the Dolphins. <laughs> uh, so, you were talking about the, the Miami offense and how they're going to put up points. And I agree. But from a fantasy standpoint, it's kind of weird. Just like you mentioned, not a lot of people you really want to start in fantasy. I yeah. would also start Tua. I would also start Devontae Parker this week. I think they're both trustworthy. The running backs, as you mentioned, now completely confusing. I would not start any of them. You have Matt Burita, Jordan Howard. And then there's a guy who got a lot of carries last week, and I don't know how to say his name, Salvan Ahmed. 
Never even heard of him. <laughs> he got a considerable amount of playing time last week, and it was a close well, game. So they uh, also acquired DeAndre Washington from the Chiefs. Um, so who knows what, if any, role he will have. DeAndre in that Washington. Mm hmm. That's his name. <laughs> and he was on the Chiefs? Yeah. He wasn't apparently playing. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, Jakeem Grant is the other receiver now for the Dolphins. No telling what kind of role he'll play. I also would not play Gasicki. The real attraction for me here is Herbert against the Miami defense. Fantasy-wise, the Dolphins have gotten eight or more fantasy points in five of the, of the last six games, which is why I picked up the Miami defense, because they're on a roll. With injuries to the Chargers RBs and the way the Dolphins have been playing in general, I don't think I would start any of the Chargers RBs. If Justin Jackson is healthy, I'm going to do my best not to play him because you don't know what kind of injury he has. As we mentioned, he has a knee injury and we don't know anything else. Keenan Allen and Mike Williams are both must-starts. Williams, I feel, could, could be the beneficiary of Allen getting covered heavily by Xavion Howard. Mm -hmm. Kind of a similar situation to what DeAndre Hopkins and Christian Kirk had last week. So I think that Mike Williams is a really solid play. But uh, I think this game should be fun, if nothing else, because the Chargers will, at some point, charge back and they will make the game interesting and it could be you know 27 27 late but i'm gonna go with tua i think the dolphins are on a roll but neither outcome really would surprise me because if any team is due for a win it's the chargers yeah yeah i agree all right i guess we'll do our starting lineups i almost forgot it let's see do you want to go my starting lineup right now is very tentative <laughs> Lamar Jackson is in there uh, in my receiver spots. Chris Godwin and Tyler Boyd. I've got Calvin Ridley out. I picked up Jerry Judy. I have Debo Samuel. Both of them are questionable. As of now, if Big Ben plays, I have Deontay Johnson in my flex and Eric Ebron as my tight end. And then my RBs, Derek Henry and Chris Carson. If Carson doesn't play... And maybe even if he does play, and maybe I take Deontay Johnson out and toss in Antonio Gibson, because I do think Gibson's going to have a good week. If Big Ben doesn't play, Ebron's out, Andrews is in, Deontay Johnson is out, Gibson is in. <laughs> a lot remains to be seen here. A lot of moving parts. With, with all the injuries, yeah. I have the Miami defense. I'm hoping for a couple of turn turnovers from the Chargers there. And my kicker, Brandon McManus. And I hope the Broncos don't find a way to, you know, choke again. But Shelby Harris, the defensive tackle's out. I think the Raiders are going to be able to run the ball on them at will. So I'm not overly confident in the Broncos this week. But yeah. I do think McManus can, you know, kick a couple through the uprights and make it worthwhile. Yeah. But yeah, uh, yeah my... My starting lineup is just completely in flux. We'll see. We'll see who plays. I don't know. <laughs> uh, didn't McManus get like 25 points or something in one game this year? Yeah, when they played the Patriots, which uh, I did not have him yet. <laughs> but he had, he, yeah, he got 24 points. But since I've had him, he got seven against the Chargers, and then he got 11 last week. 
Well, maybe he'll have another game where he gets 24. I'm going to need it. <laughs> I'll take it. I'm all in. All right. My starting lineup is Justin Herbert. He is QB1 of the Finkelis Einhorn team. Of course he is. Uh, wide receivers, A.J. Brown, Allen Robinson. And as I just pulled this up, Allen Robinson's little uh, paragraph thing is blue, and he's listed as questionable. So this is good. He was limited in Thursday's practice with a knee issue. It's the Bears' first injury report of the week since they're playing on Monday night. Robinson was not listed in week nine, so it's a new issue. At least so far, there has been no indication it is something that will jeopardize his week 10 status. Let's hope not. Um, I have Christian Kirk in my flex, and then my other wide receivers on my bench are Marquise Brown, Kenny Galladay. Of course, if Kenny Galladay plays, he will be in my lineup, but I am not counting on that. And then my running backs this week <laughs> that I'm starting are Leonard Fournette, which is a great matchup against Carolina. So let's, I'm hoping for a great game from him. He's gotten double digit points his last three games. So yeah. you would think he'd be able to keep that going. Yeah. And then Kenyon Drake is in my RB2 spot right now of course we'll see how that situation plays out uh my tight end is going to be dallas goddard this week and my kicker daniel carlson i still have washington's defense i did not try to pick up another defense because there wasn't i don't know i don't know why i didn't i didn't want to use a waiver position to pick up a defense and washington has a couple of good matchups coming up so i might just Write it out and hope they get, you know, a few points this week and see what happens. I am playing Bethany. So this is, this is it. I, I might get lucky this week because Bethany is going to be without Julio Jones, Christian McCaffrey, Travis Kelsey, and Raheem Moster is still out. I think there was somebody else that she was going to be without too. Amari Cooper, her yeah. kicker. Uh, and she also has not checked her lineup yet. So, yeah. you know, that's that's something. <laughs> Let's hope she doesn't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, McCaffrey, Kelsey, Cooper, uh, Youngway, Koo, oh, and yeah. Julio Jones. Yeah. So her lineup is going to be an interesting, interesting one this week. She'll toss in Robert Woods. Yeah. Robert Tanyan. And then uh, she may have to pick up a couple people. Yeah, so we'll see. We'll see what happens, but I'm hoping that I uh, am lucky this week facing her because I faced her in week one and she destroyed me. And so I'm hoping that now with most of her really good players out, I might be able to get a win. Well, uh, and it's always it's always nice when you face like one of the league juggernauts when a bunch of their best players are on by. Just like, yeah. yes, hell yes. yes. Like This is the yeah. perfect time. Yeah. Um, I think the rest of the people on my bench are probably just going to stay on. I mean, I've got Clyde and Todd Gurley on a bye, so obviously I can't play them. Chase Edmonds on the bench, Jared Cook on the bench, and Miles Gaskin on my IR. That's it. Well, I wish your team health and <laughs> uh, and good luck. Yeah. You're, you're fighting to get back to 500. I am fighting to stay above 
the 500 mark and go to six and four. I would. Um, this would be the first time all season that I have been at 500 if I win this week. I've been under 500 the whole season. Finally had some luck go your way, you know, <laughs> yeah. um, after the the way the year started. <laughs> and I'm facing Tom this week. Who has been doing is, pretty poorly. <laughs> who is in last. Yeah. So I am really hoping for a win. He is getting Nick Chubb back. Oh, yeah. We'll see. Oh, and he drafted Michael Thomas, too. So yeah. Michael Thomas is back in the lineup. We will see. I If I lose to Tom, uh, a tear <laughs> a tear will be shed. I think and, that was uh, uh, one of the four wins that I have gotten this season was against Tom, I think. Yeah, one of my... <laughs> One of my five. Uh, <laughs> yeah, if I lose to Tom, I, I might cry. And uh, I will bring shame upon my house and my family. So <laughs> here's to a win. Let's, uh, let's hope the mean machine can get healthy. Yeah, here's a good week 10. That's all we've got for you today. Thanks yep. for listening. If you like the show, please remember to subscribe and leave us a review. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at BTBW Podcast. That is where we post our weekly waiver wire ads. Those go up on Tuesdays. And we answer your start sick questions all week long, the best we can. And we love to hear from you. Let us know how your season's going. Mm-hmm. We hope that you are winning. Hopefully you'll make the playoffs. We'll see you pretty soon. And we'll see you next week. Have a great week. Bye.